In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, Alan Fadden. Carla Nelson, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Yay, you got them all covered there. all covered, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what time of the day it is. When people are listening, yes. (laughs) There you go. And a happy uh, next week. Yeah, Yeah. here we go, exactly. Because you never know, obviously. And it's funny, sometimes the listeners will get a new listener and then they're just downloading all of the podcasts. They'll go back like two years and so it could be two years from now. Well, that's a, that'll be uh, eight months of their life they'll never get back. Oh. <laughs> no, it's better than that. It's, yeah. It's a transitional. It's revolutionary. Okay. There we go. <laughs> and well, in today's podcast is really super cool. We've been talking about this. My goodness, uh, you've been probably training on this for 20 plus years, Alan. And uh, we have a lot of people that replied. And even with our new beta test for the assessment uh, that you can go to thepeoplecatalyst.com and take um, uh, advantage of that now that we're getting uh, the validation study done on the new uh, assessment is that they bring up DISC consistently, right? Because it's a very well-known assessment And what we're going to talk about today is the difference between the personality assessment, which is, there's tons of them. There's Myers-Briggs, there's DISC, and we've talked about, um, you know, doing some podcasts on these so people can understand the differences, but they are truly a personality assessment where the who-do method and our assessment is based off of work. It's your core nature of work. And we're going to talk about personality versus work in the podcast so that people can understand. You can add to it. I mean, if you utilize a personality assessment, you also, you know, because the object of the exercise is to get work done. So understanding personality and your core nature of work, and then also how you can, you know, use them in conjunction with each other. So we're going to go through a couple um, examples of that. And uh, yeah, and I love this, Alan. You brought up this uh, uh, quote from uh, what, what was the gentleman's name? Edward. Edward Rickenbacker. Yeah, great quote. He has a six-word formula for success: think things through, then follow through. <laughs> and all that's all you have to do, and then you're going to yeah, be. There successful. you go. It's just that easy, right? Yeah, it's just the the only problem is that no one seems to be able to do that <laughs> when yeah. we. When we think things through, we argue. Hey, I've got an idea. Oh, that won't work. Uh, Well, it's a good idea. Well, we tried that before. How about another idea? No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and then the other side of that is, uh, it's not my idea, so. Yeah, so. (laughs) Support it. Forget it. I'm not supporting that. And then the other thing is, even once you agree on an idea, that doesn't mean you're going to get it done. And, and, And that's just legendary in about every company in the world. And that is, we miscast people. We put people in the wrong order. We put them in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so what happens? The project just dies or it doesn't get d- delivered on time or they work a substandard. So you, the, you can't solve this with a personality profile. And so there, 
there was some space there that needed to be invented, and that is how do you get people doing the right work, doing the right thing at the right time in yeah. the right place? And I think that uh, bringing up those two steps, right? It sounds so easy. Think things through and then follow through. That almost sounds like ideation implementation, right? <laughs> yeah. You actually break that down, the two that. steps to our method. <laughs> wow, ta-da. And the thing is, is that without a process, that's why when you're thinking things through, you're in your head, right? And then different people argue for different reasons. Everybody's been in this meeting before, right? Where it's just consistent, um, as you would say, um, um, it's like, uh, shooting trap <laughs> idea bang idea yeah. bang idea bang and it's tiring right oh, and, then, yeah. and then it's completely different when you get to the implementation right which is now we have to follow through but if you don't have the right people at the right place um, and at the right time doing the right thing then you're just stepping all over each other and most of the core natures of work they cancel each other out so if there's not a process to both thinking things through and then following through, what ends up happening is is just chaos. Absolutely, and, and there's so many ways. Just as in the <clears throat> the beginning stage, when you're thinking things through, there's so many ways to kill an idea. There are also so many ways to kill an idea when you're in the implementation phase. For example, if you if you give it to uh, a shaker, an idea person to do it, they'll say well, I started trying to do this and it got really boring. And so I, uh, I had a better idea. So I did the job, but I actually did it on a different idea. Oh, thank you very much. We just lost two weeks. Yeah, exactly. And so let's go through just a couple of these because obviously we can't go yes. through all the permutations, but let's go through like the sauciest ones. Some, so, you know, <laughs> the ones you're just like, whoa, okay, I've seen that, I've been there, and it's happened before. So let's talk about so DISC, um, D I S C. So D stands for if you're a driver, I is inspiration, uh, and it really just means a people person. Um, um, and S is that you are Supporting. like stability, right? It's stable. And then the C is compliant. So you like to follow the rules. Yep. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about what a high D shaker would do. So a high D driver that's an idea person with a high D prover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that it's important to know is that shakers and Provers are what we call a red light relationship. They're natural adversaries. They tend to cancel each other out. The shaker said, I got an idea. And, uh, and then the prover can immediately see around corners and tell you what's going to go wrong. And uh, uh, th th this never goes well. Now, couple that with, add to the mixture a new ingredient, which is they're both high Ds. They're both dominant people. Then you have a meeting just completely hijacked with these two people arguing one coming up with ideas and defending their ideas and the other one uh telling them what's going to go wrong and defending their their concerns with the idea and uh it derails the meeting and uh it's it's nuclear it's like uh it's like a scorched earth kind of a meeting and most of the people are just trying to you know calm everybody down or whatever yeah so, and so uh, understanding those are fun yeah, the per exactly. And shaker prover, that mixture is already, like you said, a red light relationship. But as soon as you throw, you know, the high D 
um, in the driving aspect of it. So now your personality is going to just press, right, with your core nature of work. And it's going to be different both in ideation and implementation. But at the same time, you put those two people together, you know, they're just naturally wired to be not only adversaries because of their personality, it's going to just press it even further. So let's talk about, I think this is kind of interesting, um, uh, different take on it that we can um, analyze, which is a high D shaker. So you still have the driver that's a shaker, but then a high S prover. Now remember S, they like things stable, right? They don't want people and also and also a, a people person who's supportive. Yes. So they they they, they care about somebody else's feelings. So <laughs> so this is this is a so great. We've got setup. an ID who doesn't care but, that's running people over shakers uh, that <laughs> likes to come up with their own ideas and have their own ideas supported. Although you have a high S that's a prover that naturally in the core nature of work likes to poke all the holes and things and see around corners, yeah. but is a high S and is likes and stable and is a supportive individual. Yeah. And it's a big, big difference. In fact, it's almost the opposite. You know, you're sitting in the, in the first meeting we talked about and you just like, uh, you know, can we get these people to be quiet? Uh, and in the second meeting, one of the people, the high S, prover is being quiet. Why? Because that person can think of all kinds of stuff that can go wrong, but doesn't want to say it because it might be embarrassing to the person who has the idea, or they might be friends outside of work and they, they don't want to pick on them, and, or they just don't even want to start an argument. They want everybody to get along. So now you're dealing with the opposite of uh, trying to get somebody to be quiet is you want to bring them out because what's going to happen is if you if you have a high S prover in a meeting and there's an idea just sailing through easily, that's when you want to ask them, okay, why don't we run the process? <laughs> the process gets <laughs> so they can speak up and have yeah. freedom to speak up. But they've got to be safe to speak up, and that's why when it comes time to have people challenge the idea, because we need those challenges so that we can solve them and make it a better idea, then the shakers have already agreed to leave the room at that time. They don't want to listen to somebody critiquing their idea. Uh, so instead, what we do, we have the shakers leave the room, the highest prover, we say, okay, blow every hole you can in this idea. No, no, nobody's here uh, is here whose feelings can get hurt. Let's go, bring it, come on, bring it on all out. And you'll be doing everybody a favor because we can solve these challenges. Uh, and I think in the ideation stage, you bring up a great point. And sometimes we can keep everyone in the room if they understand the process, but if they don't, there is a little nugget of brilliance there, which is just have them leave the room so that when the idea is challenged, the individual, especially if you look across personality, they could feel attacked because you're poking all the holes in their idea, <laughs> right? And so even though the provers love to then poke a hole, so if you have a D prover versus an S prover, you have to create that space. And this is the brilliance of overlaying the core nature of work and the process um, with then the personality of the individual that you're dealing with. And I think yeah. that is, that's where you can get some real, as you would say, the juice. 
right? And, and Absolutely. It's not, because at the, the, the object of the exercise is still always going to get something done in business, right? It's not about the potluck on Friday or singing Kumbaya or that we love each other. Like I, I can work with anyone that I don't even like. And they wouldn't even know the difference because, well, as a mover, we don't have a quote unquote, I always say dog in the fight. We look at people and go, okay, the object of the exercise is to get something done. Of course, talking to the DIID um, person, we'll get into a little bit of a story afterward. But I think the personal versus work and how you said, Alan, you know, opposites attract, but there is a difference between the personal, like you were saying, the highest prover with the high D shaker, because they might have a friendship outside of work and how, you know, we behave differently in our personal life, um, especially when there's something at stake. And I think that is kind of an interesting overlay that, uh, that personalities bring to a table that is, okay, one is personal life, one is work life. Right. And uh, we've actually worked with the team where there, there was that high D shaker and that high D prover. And so they were adversaries in meetings, but they were like best friends outside of work. And it's like, what, how can this be? And it turns out they would go to movies together and then they'd you know, go have a cup of coffee afterwards and say, okay, what was your take on that? And they'd always be interested in the other, other <laughs> person's so different perspective. Because it was such a different perspective and they learned from each other and they got to be great friends. And this ritual of going to these movies was just wonderful. And uh, so that, so one of the, uh, that's an example of uh, people who are natural, let's say naturally adversarial or could be adversarial in the workplace. Once you get them out of the thing where they're actually doing something or need to do something that's, you know, that's important or where it's at stake or it's work then the, the whole game changes. And so that is great. Now, what happens is that oftentimes a, let's say a shaker, that's an idea person, will uh, talk to a maker and say, wow, you're just the person I wanted to be. I could never do anything like, you know, you're so organized and you're so patient. I just love that about you. And then the other person says, and you're so creative and I love that about you. And so they get together and everything's wonderful until they uh, start living in the same place. And uh, then the business of the relationship, things like cleaning the house, paying the bills, uh, decisions they make, all of a sudden become a huge problem. <laughs> and I'll give you a great example. I'm a shaker and uh, I would, uh, always forget where about 20% of the dishes went. So I would unload the dishwasher and I'd put the 80% where it belonged, where it was clear, you know, plates go with plates, that's pretty easy. But you know, you get to something like a, an orange juice squeezer. And so, you know, I'd put it next to the salt because uh, salt began with S and squeezer began with S. And then I'd immediately forget where I put it. So I was no longer allowed to touch the clean dishes to unload the dishwasher because it was a disaster. And I, it would be, I'd put it in a different place every time. And I think, well, now there's a good idea. Yeah. And, uh, and so as you apply it to work, 
the nature of the relationship changes and right and then and then you overlay what we're talking about here which is disc a personality profile and and you know an interesting thing when i learned about disc and and of course i did i've done myers-briggs and strengths for all of them there's an assessment that i likely have either studied it or and i've definitely taken it and what i found interesting and this is probably i don't know good 20 years ago 15 20 years ago when I took DISC and there were, there's, so for every assessment, there's also a different lens that you can go deeper. So the DISC profile I took showed the internal, so how you are internally with your team and then externally, how does everybody else outside of that see you? Yeah. And so one of the things I learned is I was an ID, like out of 199 on both of them. So, but what I learned was internally, I was a D. So with my team, I was like, man, I didn't even realize I could leave dead bodies behind me. And it was simply because I just wanted to get things done and I wanted them done right for the customers because those were the people that were paying for everyone's salary. Right? By, in, by internally, you mean inside the team and inside the, inside the, company, the team, as opposed right? to outside versus yes. with the customer, right? Exactly. So okay. a customer would walk through the door and I would instantly be, or I'd be on the phone, um, a high I, which is very engaging and very people orientated. And, and, it, and what was happening, and this is not a core nature of work because I was a mover in both instances, right? right. I was still a mover internally and externally. The difference was, is my personality then, the team would go, wow, you like our customers better than you like us. It was like, why are you, why are you you're a high eye and you're, you know, engaging with all the customers and then all of a sudden you're expecting us to do all of this work. Well, think about that from a personality perspective, okay? <laughs> like, and honestly, I was like, dude, those guys pay your your salary like that's why i'm doing that that's why it's so important that we do this and we do it right but think about the and i had a lot of s's and a lot of other i's um that worked for me at the time but me not understanding right like even at the time i actually didn't know i was a mover but overlaying that within the personality because i was a mover both in internally and externally the difference was, is who was I working with and what is their personality, right? Mm -hmm. Because the object of the exercise, again, was to take care of that customer because they were the ones that were paying the bills. Yeah. So I yeah, think that's great. really interesting is both in ideation and implementation, and that goes back to um, Edward Rickenbacker's quote, uh, the formula of success is think things through and then follow through is really to help people rearrange right the work so have the work fit the people and then understand on top of that that you know not only are people different when we're doing work but then their personalities can also overlay a different layer um, yes. that give you more insight and and i i think this is really important because uh, generally, people use personality profiles to solve specific problems like, you know, uh, these two people aren't getting along, this person's always uh, hijacking our meetings, and, and they tend to be communication problems. And so, and they're very valuable for communication problems, but for the last 50 years, we've done personality and that's it. 
So we solve the communication problems, but we still have the same underlying causes. And the underlying causes is I'm miscast. I'm doing the wrong work. You're asking me for the wrong thing. You're, you're dooming me to uh, 10 hours of work that somebody else could do in, uh, in uh, 30 minutes uh, because it's their, it's their core nature and it's not mine. It's my drag down awful work. So the thing I want to, uh, point I want to make here is that, uh, if only we discovered work, work, uh, doing the right work, in other words, your core nature of work, and we fix that one first, and you still have an opportunity, it's never too late. It's like, if you're going to do one, whether it's personality or the core nature of work, if you do the core nature of work first, about oh, 70 or 80% of the personality problems will go away. It doesn't mean that personality profiles aren't important. It's just that you'll have to try to do a lot less work with them. Well, and the object of the exercise is to get something done. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you can work with all four core natures of work and not like a specific individual, but make it a safe place to do the part of the work that they do well and lead at the time that they are looked upon to lead because a mover shaker prover maker leads at different times but you have to make that safe space so that um you know it it's not about critiquing who somebody is right it, it creates a challenge right and as you were saying earlier you can have the others leave the room so now it's not a critique it's let me do the part of the work that i'm good at and now you're showing up in your brilliance versus you know regressing because, oh, am I gonna hurt somebody's feelings? Or when can I say that? Or am I gonna be valued for you know, the part of the work that I do well? Yeah, and, and there's another piece about liking somebody. You, know, you might think they're fun or witty or whatever, but have you ever worked with a person where you like them? Maybe you have nothing in common, but they always give you what you need on time in a high quality, and uh, they are just, uh, you know, they, they're the wind beneath your wings. They support you <laughs> with the stuff you need. And uh, there are a lot of people that I just adore because they do that. And I don't wow. care if, if uh, they're interesting in movies or not. Exactly. Because when the object of the exercise is to get something done, it's really critical to understand when that person leads and what that person does really, really well. And again, personality profiles are fantastic and can be utilized to even give even you know, deeper insight about that. However, in business, the object of the exercise is to get something done, not to sing Kumbaya. <laughs> it's not the potluck on Friday. And I don't know how many businesses ever, you know, ended up getting something back from the, uh, um, foosball table or the, uh, what is the air hockey the, table in the, the ping pong table. I mean, it's great. We want to get along. We, we want to appreciate people and their personalities and, and be respectful for, um, for that. But at the end of the day, the object of the exercise is to get something done. So understanding the core nature of work and what part of the work that you do and lead at what time, both in ideation and implementation, or as Edward Rickenbacker. So beautifully said, the six word formula for success. Think things through, then follow through. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, just uh, one, one little thing, and that is that uh, not only 
when you do this and it's sort of like a relay team you're handing off the work from one great core nature to another that should be doing the work and you get the people doing the right work at the right time because the project dictates uh you know at the start you want natural starters in and at the finish you want natural finishers in um, natural starters are movers and shakers natural finishers are provers and makers you not only this is a long sentence you not only get the work done you get it done well in fact many yeah. times you get it done beautifully because what you're doing all the way through from uh, the beginning of thinking it through all the way to the end of following through is you are executing an idea and along the way usually the idea gets worse it gets dumbed down or compromises made but when you work core nature to core nature the whole purpose of it is to improve the idea as you go along and so great ideas don't get killed they actually get debugged yeah debugged and get better and you get 100 percent buy-in from the team instead of you know sitting in our uh, neutral corners or adversarial corners whichever one you might happen to habit it you know you're it, because we're gonna based off personality respond different and i think that's a great point um alan that you bring up is not only do you not kill ideas but they just get better and better and better and if you'd like to find out what your core nature of work is we are doing our beta test right now uh for the who do assessment so you can go to the people catalyst and that is plural because we need you all but we need you at different times.com so the people catalyst.com and when you take the assessment as a thank you uh, we will give you the assessment after it is uh, validated and then also there's about an hour of training that we put together on um, uh, the thank you page after you take the assessment. So with that, thank you so much, Alan. Disc. Thank you, Carla. The hoodoo. The hoodoo. <laughs> you gotta have a who to go to. <laughs> All right, until next time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst Podcast. And remember, it's a good life.